0: What's up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode of Doc's Point of View Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Trey. The other day I was thinking, it's cool to interview other military members and get their perspective, but there's other people that have a perspective of the military or who are affiliated with the military. And I think the most important ones are the spouses of military members. So I asked my wife to come on the show and she said, okay, which is cool. In brief, she is a nurse, and ever since I've known her, she was in nursing school and has been doing the nurse field or career. It has obviously impacted her progression and just her life in general, and I want to share that perspective with you all. You ever been walking
1: through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some
0: really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in
1: public. Uh, We're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that Uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, Also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash deguspodcast, pick one of the five tiers, and become a patron today.
0: Please enjoy. With every other guess I have, I leave it to you at the beginning to tell me who you are, what you are, whatever you want to say.
1: I'm not sure if I should say my name, but...
0: First name, sure.
1: Autumn. I'm your wife. Okay, cool. Um, what I am. I guess I'm a military spouse. I'm a mother of two. And I'm a nurse,
0: so tell me about your upbringing. I want to know everything about you up until this point. Everything whatever you want to talk about.
1: I grew up in a large city that was had a military base on it
0: you yeah, you grew up in Florida, yeah, in Florida.
1: I, however, didn't really know anyone in the military, even though I lived pretty close to that huge base. Um, Grew up... in a pretty normal, conservative-type family. My dad was a pastor.
0: He still is.
1: Still is, yeah. Um,
0: So did you have any affiliation with the military growing up
1: absolutely none. No one in my family was ever military. actually, that's not true. My mom's um dad, my grandfather, was a career military, and she was a military brat, I guess, but I never saw that side of him, so no, like no one in my immediate circle was military. I didn't have friends that were military or I didn't really know anything about that life other than things my mom had told me about growing up, moving around, and things like that.
0: What, until you met me? Yeah. I, I That's pretty... I, I mean, it's pretty funny, because the base we I was at, it was, like, pretty much 50-50, military to civilian, and then yeah. even the civilian population had some type of affiliation, either working with the military or were family members of the military.
1: I remember my uh, best friend's dad was military, Um, but... Sam's? Yeah, but they never moved around. Somehow he had a job where they stayed in the same location for basically his whole career.
0: Yeah, because that base is an air base, and there's P-3, Orion's, and there's P-8's. And then the aviation crew or aviation community there, they can bounce around different platforms and from sea and shore and basically do their whole 20 years in that one spot.
1: Well, all I knew was that her dad was in the military, but I didn't see how that really affected their life or anything like that. So
0: So, at what point did you decide to become a nurse? Mm.
1: Well, I was always basically told that I was gonna go to college it wasn't really an option for me my parents just said like when you graduate high school you go to college so you got to pick something and they told me like what different options were and they thought that I would be good at nursing for some reason they thought I had a good temperament for that whatever that meant um and I did this medical missions trip with my church when I was in my like first or second year of college, I think, and that helped solidify my decision to go to nursing school and Shortly after we got back from that trip, I think I found out I was accepted into the program, and I just knew that that was what I wanted to do
0: so you grew up conservative, you grew up in a under a pastor's home, yeah. And you had no medical, I guess, well, you didn't do anything in the medical field until you got into college and started doing, I think, CNA. Weren't you a CNA?
1: Yeah, while I was in the nursing program, I worked as a CNA.
0: Which is a pretty typical thing to do as a nursing student. Yeah. And then you went on a missions trip, which you did a few of those, right? I did
1: quite a few of those in high school and even middle school.
0: Yeah, I never got to. It's always too expensive for my family, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think we did a lot of fundraising for those, but.
0: Yeah, most of the, time the money comes from other families and stuff.
1: They were cool, though, to see a lot of different cultures at a young age. Yeah. And I think that was part of what. What made me want to do nursing, too, is just being able to see, as a young person, the way that other people live and how some people are a lot more fortunate than other people. And I just wanted to find some way to help make an impact on other people's lives. And I thought nursing seemed like a really practical way to do that. So
0: So you, were, you weren't even really looking at nursing as purely medical skills or something like that. You were just looking at it as a humanitarian
1: kind of, type. but I saw it as a really practical skill set. Like this is something that I can physically do to help people.
0: And then utilitarian wise, you're always going to be, be able to have a job. Yeah. I mean, for ne-
1: sure.
0: we've even ever since we met and you became a nurse,
1: always been able to find a job. Even if it's go. not the
0: most ideal one, you've always had a job. Yeah. So you went to college, you went to, well, yeah, you went to that local college, and I think I met you what, halfway through, or yeah, I actually think, towards the end. I think
1: I was in my last year of nursing school when we met.
0: Yeah, and then where we meet? Church. Yeah, and the, I guess the funny story is I met your mom first. Yeah. And then she made me, introdu- or she introduced me to you.
1: Yeah. Do we have to was, get into all the details? I'm, I'm getting into the details.
0: <laughs> so I think it's funny. I was scared because if a mom is that persistent,
1: enthusiastic,
0: enthusiastic, <laughs> usually the daughter is probably not going to be. I was scared what, you're going to be. what okay. you're looking for? Yeah. If she's having to sell the daughter. It's probably My mom's a scary just thing. really
1: outgoing. She just I know that now. She genuinely likes to...
0: Well, I had met your mom five minutes before I met you. Yeah. So I just have this...
1: I think she just thought you looked aged like you Middle-aged lady could... trying
0: to tell me, hey, you have to meet my daughter, and that's like a red flag. That's I think what? she
1: just saw that you were by yourself and could she probably, probably use just someone to talk to.
0: <laughs> and the sad thing was that I was. <laughs> yeah. Just a lonely
1: uh,
0: corpsman, sailor, whatever you want to call, call me.
1: Well, I thought you seemed sweet.
0: <laughs> mm. nothing but everything, anything but that okay so we met and yeah we got married what a year afterwards which is not uncommon in the military there's a lot of horror stories where you, you hear people out of A school or getting married or getting married while in A school to like other students and no one really knows why. Maybe the money, the benefits.
1: We literally got married one year to the day after the day that we met each other.
0: Yeah, we thought that was cool, I We, guess.
1: we met each other, like, June 28th, and we got married June 28th the next year because my dad said we had to wait. A year.
0: I didn't know that part. Yeah, I just remember having to go to your dad and ask him if I could marry you. Well,
1: I knew we wanted to get married for a while, but my dad said, yeah. y'all need to date for at least one year before y'all make that decision." And we so would that's have. What we
0: did. We would have dated longer, but I, I met you a year later. I would already had orders to somewhere else, or I was in the process you of were due to, to move. I was due to move, and. Is either separate and try a long distance thing, right?
1: You mean try to date long distance? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or risk it all and get married. Go all in. Uh, I went all in. <laughs> and it's worked out so far. Seven <laughs> years later. So far. <laughs> yeah, it'll work out. The whole time. Okay. I'm cool. alive. Yeah. Okay, so you, you go to school, you meet me, and I think it's just a complete coincidence that we're both in the medical field, but I'm the slum. I'm I'm working the CNA, CNA plus.
1: I don't know. You made your job, job seem pretty cool when you were telling me about it.
0: Of course, I've, I'm sure I did.
1: You're like, yeah, I'm basically like. Um, what did you say? Like a medic, or I don't know what. Word I hope used. I
0: didn't say anything like that because it's all untrue. If it was,
1: yeah, you made it sound. Because I when I met you, cool. I
0: was doing phlebotomy and medical records. I think.
1: Well, I remember that was what we talked about initially, was medical stuff because that was what we kind of both were.
0: Yeah, I was a boot doing, and a motivated. Thought the mustache was cool.
1: But it wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Still isn't. yeah it's not cool whatever yeah I don't know what I try to sell you on I mean a a corpsman is just I like to describe us as someone a a nurse without the education because we do a lot of the, the physical things that nurses do we work hand in hand with nurses in a hospital but we don't have the education, we don't have the license, we don't have the authority of a nurse.
1: I thought when you were telling me about your job when we first met, that it seemed like you liked what you did. It seemed like you were interested in the things you were doing.
0: I mean, I think around the time we met, I got moved into primary care and I did enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoyed seeing patients, talking to patients and treating them. Yeah. And that was before I probably got burnt out on it. I think you you
1: definitely didn't seem like you hated your job or were interested in
0: it. I complained a lot. Well, not to me. (laughs) I think later on I did, but that's who else am I going to complain to? Because it's mainly the only thing I would complain about is that I think most of people who complain about their job is is the people they work with and the environment that's created by the relationships. Yeah. In your workplace.
1: Well, I thought it seemed interesting what you did.
0: That's comical at best.
1: Maybe you put a really good spin on it.
0: I mean, I was just a blue-side corpsman in a clinic. Now, the, you know, if you're a corpsman attached to a division or MARSOC or anything like that, the more higher speed stuff, that's kind of cool. Or if you're at a hospital, like the one here... Corman, like there's a Corman there that has his paramedic license and he's driving ambulances, transferring patients. That's pretty cool because it's like a actual tangible career that he can take outside the Navy. And the guy that sold me Corman when I joined told me I'd be driving ambulances and doing all this cool stuff, and I've never once drove an ambulance, except a, hum- a Humvee. And that's funny. You drove this. In South Dakota, we drove this, this, uh, army candidate. She had GI issues cause she was vegan and she was in the field for two weeks and she wouldn't eat anything but the, she'd pick and she'd pick things out of each of the MREs hmm. and she got backed up and then got a heat and then she became a heat case. So I'm driving this Humvee in South Dakota over these like rugged trails. Yeah. And she, <laughs> it wasn't safe. So you graduate nursing school, and you get your first job. Well, first I want to talk about nursing school. Okay. For someone that doesn't have any medical background, is medical, is nursing school hard?
1: Absolutely. I felt at a disadvantage because there were some people in my program that did already have a background in, whether it be a CNA or a corpsman... Or just different stuff. There was a lady in my class that was, I believe, a corpsman previously. And had gotten out of the military and had a family and all that. And then decided to go back to nursing school. And I felt like things were so much easier for her. Because we would be learning stuff in class and just doing hands-on stuff. And she had already done so much of that. She already knew what the teacher was talking about a lot of the time. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I have no idea how to check a blood pressure or even the most basic things.
0: Well, if you're a corman, you don't know how to do the basic, you know, intake, then you probably should get out.
1: I had zero, zero knowledge of anything medical. Well, I mean, if you
0: have a corpsman, say a corpsman join or a person joins, becomes a corpsman and gets placed in a hospital and they work in the ICU their whole first two years. That's probably one of the probably one of the most knowledgeable and highest skill set corpsman you're gonna find. Someone that's working in the ER, someone that's working in the ICU, or someone that's actually, you know, doing stuff like on a line in in the vision. Yeah. The people that are actually with patients and doing the more critical care they're going to be very very knowledgeable you don't have to have a degree to know what the doctors are talking about or what why they're ordering this you know this blood draw or this medication or we're doing this type of care
1: i agree to an extent i think experience can get you a long way i think the education um, is a very key component as well though
0: no, yeah, I, I would never say a corpsman can be as good as a nurse because you just don't have the. You the, have to understand
1: the, the why behind what you're doing. But as I think well. there's
0: a there's a to verify what I'm saying. Like if you become a LPN, or no, if you become a two year RN, mm-hmm. right, and then you want to become a BSN, mm-hmm. all you're doing is going back to doing academic type study yeah there's no real clinicals because you're already doing it true you're already a licensed nurse
1: experience is is what takes you to the next level
0: and then the bsn is just really giving you more of that theory based or academic knowledge yeah that you need i
1: also felt so inadequate compared to some of the older students in my nursing class some of these were like 40 year old moms that just through pure life experience Knew more about medicines and just nursing stuff in general, just because they had lived
0: well, they had to take care of kids, they had right kids meds. And I
1: was a very healthy, like what 20 year old (laughs) that just you just don't have life experience. Yeah, I didn't have any life experience.
0: And then you're getting a degree that's going to put you in like a you're going to have the responsibility of somebody's life in your hands. Right. And that's kind of scary as a 20-year-old. I would never want that. Yeah. Never. Not to say I don't I want didn't that.
1: realize what it fully meant when I started nursing.
0: And I've always wondered, like, because for me, I mean, everyone's going to be different. But for me, like, if I would have went, I feel like in your household and my household and pretty much a majority of the Southeast, that conservative home, you know, it's, you go to high school, you're going to go to college. And a lot of people look at nursing as a scapegoat type thing because it's good money. You always have a job and it's just a good, you know, quality of life. But I would never go become a nurse now. Because now now I haven't a you know 9 years in the, in the medical field. I know what a nurse does.
1: I think I grew up feeling like nursing was a respectable thing to do and it it still is i grew up with parents that encouraged me to get an education and be able to provide for myself and not have to be dependent on someone else i don't know why but that was always really pushed on my sister and i like to get a career to go to college and nursing was just something that was respectable to do. I don't know that I ever thought, oh, you're going to be rich when you become a nurse or you're going to have a bunch of money. But I knew that if I did that, I would be able to at least take care of myself as well. Like have enough you're to be okay. You're not getting rich
0: as a nurse unless you're doing higher level nursing stuff.
1: Right, for sure. But I knew it was something I could do to have enough, you know?
0: I was... I was riff raff in college. I I didn't really want to go get a business degree or nursing or you know the I call I I mean I don't mean disrespect but like a cookie cutter type careers. I was I was trying to do like a vocational type job and it did, and none of it worked out mainly because of poor choices on my end and that really is what led me to join the navy was having, you know, those terrible minimum wage jobs.
1: Military seem more interesting, maybe?
0: Well, I mean, this sounds silly. I mean, as a lifeguard, you know, I like that, like, hey, you're trying to save someone's life, potentially. I was a volunteer fireman, so I had that, like, volunteer service type mentality. And then the volunteer firefighters I was with, they are all middle-aged dudes. I was, like, the youngest one in there. But they let 16 to 18-year-olds or 16-plus join because it gets them in the community. And that community is, is no different than a police force, a real fire department, or military.
1: So you enjoyed having jobs where you felt like you were making an impact, possibly? Yeah, you put out... You put More out, fulfilling Yeah, and rooms? I mean, I,
0: I grew up at, at 16 years old, 18 years old, putting out fires. And it's, you had the family standing next to you grateful that you're there to save their home. I mean, the, the worst one I've seen was like six in the morning at Christmas Day we get a call and I jump into the the passenger seat and then we have the fire chief in the driver's seat and we're blazing down these roads. I was scared for my life because this guy's driving like he owns that fire truck. And I'm talking about a full-size fire truck not a little Not like a brush truck or anything like that. And we go to this person's house and their house house is pretty much ruined. And it's on Christmas Day. That was probably the worst one I've seen. And the people are there and you're just run, You're doing your job. And I've always liked being in that high-stress type environment.
1: I don't like high-stress environments.
0: (laughs) I get in this weird headspace and it's kind of like autopilot.
1: I don't like working... You don't have to think...
0: So it's like yeah. an adrenaline rush. Like, no one wants to have an adrenaline... No one wants to have, you know, go into a house fire to be a adrenaline rush. But there is... That is, you know, inherent to doing that type of stuff.
1: I like organized chaos. The ER is my least favorite place to be.
0: I'm like that now. I hated working the ER. I'm not a 12-hour shift kind of person. I like my two-hour lunches, I like my office hours, I like structure, I like my schedule. There is some interest in the ER because you don't know what's going to come through the door next. But there's a ton of monotony, I mean, the ER here, you know, it's a a level three trauma or whatever, but 90% of the traumas are all geriatric falls. And then it gets you. Yeah. It gets you. It makes you complacent because they're like, "Oh, we got a level, you know, two coming in." They finally changed it to where geriatric falls became a level three, and it basically was just you know a quick a quick admittance instead of it actually because re- when you call a level two trauma, that requires certain people come from all of the hospital to that you know trauma bay, and if you call a level one, it pretty much you'll have like 40 people in or out, right outside this trauma bay. And it's chaotic. And if you don't have a a person that's leading that trauma who has a very clear voice and is very level-headed, you know, people are gonna die. Like that part is pretty good. But the monotony of just like random, just random patient stuff coming in and people just People are just not the best. They're not their best self when they're in the hospital because they're in pain or whatever.
1: Absolutely. And I see people at their worst.
0: You see them at their worst. And their
1: family members. Their family members are, are anal
0: because they're they don't think you're doing a good enough job. And they just and they're not malicious. They just want their family member to be in good hands.
1: Well we'll never be able to do our best job for someone unless they're our only patient and that never happens
0: yeah and i want to get into that kind of like your experience as a nurse so okay so we you know we met you graduated you did a little bit of nursing in florida and then we like six months later we moved to our to the west coast so you didn't really get i don't even
1: think it was six months
0: yeah it was very quick You had a good job there in Florida. Yeah, I started
1: a job. I think we were there maybe three months. I was doing a nurse residency program.
0: Yeah.
1: And not too long into that, you found out that we were going to be moving. You got orders. And I wasn't even going to be able to finish my residency program. So I went to the director of the program to let them know The situation when we were moving, I think we had about a month until we were moving.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: And they told me not to come back to work.
0: Let's get into that part. Yeah. And I think that's really the main intent of this this episode is to shed light on what it's like for a spouse to be married to someone in the military. What it's like to put your career as secondary to the military member because they move every three years. And then also mix in kids. Yeah. That's like the three main things I want to kind of shed light on. So your first, so if, I mean, to anybody that doesn't know, you know, you you come out of nursing school and you're going to go into a residency program. And it's usually two years of residency, right? They call it residency, but it's more like you have a set time period where You're going to be shadowed by another nurse. They're going to teach you the ropes. And you usually are on contract for like a year or two, right?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's two years. I think you are with another nurse one-on-one for several months. It depends on the hospital, though. And then you're on your own after that, but you continue to follow through a program you continue to take classes classes and and learn and sometimes they make you do this big project it it just depends on the hospital i
0: mean i mean it's it's very similar to like a resident it it is a residency but it's not like it's not the doctor you're
1: monitored by someone in charge of the program to make sure you're becoming a good nurse and that you're safe and all the things you need to do
0: so even so your first residency your first job outside of nursing school you get cut short you even get dealt kind of a, it almost has a bad look because you're not even able to complete the first job outside of school.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that as I think back on it. I know that a hospital puts a lot of money into new nurses, thousands and thousands of dollars to put a new nurse through this program to train them to let them have a preceptor that they follow for months it's a ton of money that they put into me and everyone else and they're basically losing out on all of that because I walked away from it and no one else by the way would be able to walk away from that without being financially penalized I only was able to walk away because I was married to someone on military orders
0: yeah Face value, it looks like you've been cut short on a career. But you've always been able to get a new job and they, they've always looked at it positively. Or they just turned the cheek because they know you're, you're married to a military member.
1: Yeah, they couldn't legally do anything about it. And I knew that we were going to be moving. Like, I already knew through choosing to marry you that... We wouldn't be staying in Florida for long. That I wouldn't be able to finish that residency program. That was already my choice, um, but it was like a sting when they told me not to come back.
0: because well, you're a number at that point. You're yeah, not, you're not a vested. They member just saw of their me as yet.
1: them losing more money if they keep paying well, yeah, me. Yeah, because they
0: would have picked someone else instead of you. They wouldn't be wasting. That Those two months or so.
1: Right. So there I was, just married. We had just gotten our first apartment, and we're not moving for another month, and I didn't have a job anymore.
0: And then we're, we're working on my HN paycheck. Yeah. Which was, kind I don't of. remember that. You, you reminded me that a couple of weeks ago, how we were living off of my paycheck. And I know what my paycheck was before we got married. It was 700 bucks every two weeks.
1: I just remember we had this apartment and I felt like, okay, I don't have a job. What am I supposed to do all day? We also don't have much money. I know what you
0: did do. You bossed me around and told me not to buy anything and <laughs> spend any money. we didn't spend... have any money. <laughs> what did you tell me the other day? You wouldn't let me buy something. Because you, you like you told me we didn't have the money, so you made me maybe not buy something or buy the cheaper option of something. I can't remember what it you was. You wanted
1: to go out to eat the other day, and I told you not to because we already had food at home.
0: No, not here. Oh, not now. Back back when we we're in that apartment. That's
1: probably frequently because I'm more of a tightwad with the money than you are.
0: Well, yeah, I and mean, we done well with our money.
1: But anyways, back to what we were saying. I was jobless for a whole month, and we didn't have a lot of money, so I felt like I was stuck at this apartment by myself while you were at work all day, because so I felt like I didn't have the money to like go anywhere like I normally would, go grab lunch, go do something, go shopping, whatever I would normally do on a day off, and now I had a whole month of just sitting at home, feeling too broke to... Which is not anything.
0: really the case we had money but we just didn't want to we didn't want to blow through our money we've never been financially in a bad spot
1: like I said I'm a tight wad so I
0: wouldn't say a tight wad we're just good at managing our money which is funny because I'm the one that manages the money and I just tell you what where, where we're at
1: I look at it all the time, though, to see how much we've spent. Yeah, you're checking up on me. Home. I know
0: who it is. <laughs> I know, because our our bank accounts are merged, and I don't know how these military people don't. I don't. Well,
1: that's another topic.
0: I'll talk for hours about finances.
1: Maybe do that on another podcast.
0: <laughs> if you're married, join your bank accounts. That's my only advice. And all your problems, most of your problems, would go away.
1: Well, for us, it works, but
0: I haven't seen it work the other way around.
1: Well, you don't know everybody, but
0: you might know a lot. Okay, (laughs) before you check me and humiliate me. So, over the seven years we've been married, this is what has stressed you out. Almost all the. Whenever you've been stressed out what? the lack of job or the the black marks on your career because you think personally you think you not completing more than, you know, a few months to a year or two years in one place, you felt like it's always gonna come back to bite you. But it hasn't. Not yet, at least.
1: I was trying to think how many jobs I've had since we got married. One, two, three, four, five. We've lived in three different places and over not quite seven years, I've had five jobs. Five nursing jobs.
0: But you never had to take a job that's not nursing. Even the job you have now, which we've gone back and forth with about how it's really... a. Glorified babysitting.
1: I do home health right now.
0: Yeah, we're getting that in a minute. So you got told don't come back. We were living in an apartment. We were financially okay, but we didn't like the situation. Then we moved to. Wasn't what we
1: were expecting.
0: Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's what I'm getting is that you. If you wouldn't have met me.
1: Oh, one more thing I want to say about that. It also kind of changed my mindset as someone. I just felt like it was the right thing to do to let the employer know, hey, I'm going to be moving in a month. Yeah. But it came to bite me in the tail. And now in hindsight, I feel like I would not have told them until like the week before. (laughs) Because now I know how employers what they would say and
0: you can't blame them for it.
1: Correct but at the same time I don't how do I say this? I don't want to say it's not my fault but it's not my fault that you get orders and we have to go somewhere
0: Yeah, for all you knew we could have got orders in Florida.
1: And I've also learned how orders get changed how you get extended places how you can get sent away sooner than you thought and I, in the future, would not jeopardize losing my job or not getting pay for an extended period of time by telling someone early and then things get changed again. So, yeah, I learned the hard way, I guess.
0: We've, we've learned a few lessons the hard way with jobs and stuff. So we moved to West Coast and uh, the, the culture of medical either it be nursing homes, hospitals, clinics, is just wildly different on the West Coast than it is the East Coast. Maybe Northeast is different than the Southeast, but specifically to the Southeast versus West Coast, there's a big culture difference. And I I think it stems purely from the money standpoint. They have more money to hire more employees, and more employees means not as high patient load, it also means you have specialty techs who do the patient movement, the IVs, the whatever whatever working. you can think. You have a specialty person that goes around a hospital and does things for you.
1: Yeah, so, working on the West Coast was like dream nursing. Yeah. I went from having to take care of five high acuity patients on the East Coast with very little support from anyone as a new grad, to going to the West Coast, to taking care of less patients with so much support.
0: Well, before you got that good job, you worked at a nursing home.
1: Yeah. So after we left Florida, most hospitals, at least at that time, would want you to have six months to a year of experience before they would take you on. Yeah. And the way you get around that is by doing a residency program. Mm -hmm. And when we moved there... I think the hospital started residencies twice a year, like spring and fall, and we moved there November. around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah it was like right before Christmas. And so they were in between residencies, and I didn't have enough time experience as a nurse to just start working at the hospital without doing the residency, but I needed a job. So I went to work at this rehab facility Slash long-term care facility. And I did that for, I think, six to eight months.
0: It was a good chunk of time.
1: Yeah, and I actually came to like it. (laughs) In a way.
0: You had, what, how many patients
1: per day? Gosh, like 30.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's not high acuity. They're all self-sufficient for the most part.
1: No, they're not self-sufficient at all.
0: Well, I mean, like, they're... They're not critical. Like... Their grandmas they, and
1: grandpas like, yeah, living they're not in grandpas. A nursing homes. You have to basically. wheel them
0: out. They do their activities and stuff like that. They're not like they're not dying on you, right? I mean, they do die there. So but. I did
1: that until the residency started at the hospital there, and then I got in on that. So I did another residency program at that hospital on the west coast, and finished that, and then I continued to work there for the next three. Years? Yes. And I loved that job. It was really good.
0: It was a very... It it wasn't even the biggest hospital. It wasn't even the nicest hospital. No, but there was a real
1: sense of community. I loved a lot of the people that I worked with. A lot of good teamwork. I think people were overall happier to work there which some people would probably disagree with that but they seemed overall happier to work there because of the resources that were available the management that I worked for was great we had LPNs to help us with stuff, we had wound care nurses, we had IV nurses that would help you out when you needed it just a lot of extra help going on there
0: so before we get too far into it you're a I guess you would you're a med surge nurse. Is that what um, you really call it?
1: My first job was a progressive care unit, neurosurgery.
0: But you just didn't get enough experience there.
1: And then when we moved to the West Coast, my job was a f- float team nurse. So I floated between all of the med surge floors and all of the progressive care units. I never did cross-training for ICU, that was an option, but I, well, I could get more into that later, but I never did that. I could also work the ER, any of the clinics, oncology. You're like a
0: jack-of-all-trades, kind of wide, wide scope.
1: Yeah, for the more basic stuff. Like I said, I never trained for ICU level, but yeah. everything else I was, I floated between and was capable of doing.
0: So you're talking about three jobs in the first year of you being a nurse and it's only because you're married to a military person and that's yeah. kind of like the impact that you have because you're not, you're not a military spouse that has you know, minimum wage job. You're not someone that's working part time or anything like that. You have, you could have your own career, but True. because you're married to me, you kind of have to
1: make it work.
0: You have to make it work, and you're if if anyone's going to bow out, it has to be you, because I can't decide what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, your job is always the priority. And it's, co- and
0: it's come in, my job here, the last two years or so, has really made it hard for, for you, because we're also having kids at the same time that I was gone, and all this stuff.
1: Yeah, so I've pretty much always worked. I don't want to ever let go of my... Um profession that I have, but I have had to take different types of jobs the last couple of years while you've been on sea duty to make it easier for our family since you haven't always been around.
0: Yeah. Well, I, before we go into that, I want to I want to talk more about the float nurse. What was your experience? Can you tell whoever's listening to this? what it means to be a float nurse and kind of like the day-to-day are you working you know the three on three off uh, wh- whatever the hospital is or are you like kind of paint a picture of what your day in the life is
1: yeah so I worked three 12-hour shifts a week and I could pick up more than that for overtime but I never really did I think felt like three was enough. And every morning that I worked, I would call into the office around six in the morning when I woke up, and I would say, hey, this is Autumn, where do you have me today? And they would tell me what floor I was on for the day. I would say, cool, and then I would show up to that floor. Nine times out of ten, that's where I would work for the day, but as a float nurse, you're basically going where the need is so if the acuity of that floor changes for the day and they no longer need you you could be sent to a different floor mid-shift they could say hey we discharged five patients today on this floor that you're on we don't need which you which did anymore. happen often right yeah definitely not every day or no. necessarily I mean when every week you're calling week.
0: in and saying hey i got switched or whatever because i'd be coming to see you or whatever
1: yeah yeah, oftentimes they'd say, "Hey, we need you to go down to the ER," or even sometimes I would get report in the morning, start my morning, and they'd say, "Never mind, we need you to go over here." So sometimes it felt annoying, like a waste of time, uh, a little frustrating. But that is the role that you're filling as a float nurse. I will say. We were not paid any extra to be on the float team. We made the same amount as anyone else. I know other hospitals pay float nurses a premium pay to do that because you are having to be more flexible. Yeah. Like I said, kind of annoying to have to do that. But we were paid the same, and because of that, I felt like we were treated better by the staff of the floors. I worked at another place one time where float nurses were paid more, and the other... Nurses on the units didn't like them and would try to give them the harder workloads because they said, oh, well, they're paid more, so they should take the harder patients. So there's kind of a negative...
0: just straight bogus, really.
1: There, there was a negative connotation towards being a float nurse, but I mean, where I worked, you didn't get paid more, and people were actually really appreciative of us. Oh, thank you so much for coming! Yeah, our other nurse called out today, and we would have been so short-staffed if you didn't show up to help us.
0: I mean, what's the? I mean, why do the other nurses know what you're getting paid? That's not the business.
1: They don't. But it was just a known thing. Like we're not getting paid more, so.
0: Yeah, that's that's some high school level stuff. But you mm-hmm. didn't start as a float nurse there. You actually started at the residency, and on night shifts, right?
1: I was I was always on the float team. That was what I was hired for. I thought you residence. were
0: hired as a res on the residency, but I thought you did night shifts at one point.
1: Yeah, I was float shift on nights. Okay, okay. I did that for not long, though. I just
0: remember at one point you changed something.
1: Yeah, they hired me for nights, and obviously I took it because I wanted the job.
0: Paid a lot better than the other one.
1: Did it for maybe a couple months, and then I ended up going to my manager and saying, hey, nights is not for me. (laughs) Is there any way I can switch?
0: And at this time, we didn't have kids, still.
1: Right, I just, I cannot sleep during the day.
0: And they gave it to you. It's
1: really hard for me to sleep during the day. Yeah, she gave me days, thankfully. I started doing that, which I was nervous about. Because during day shift, there's a lot more stress, in my opinion. A lot more interaction with doctors, family. A lot more to do. Because I've worked both nights and days multiple times. So I was nervous about switching to days, but I did it. And ended up liking it a lot better.
0: I think that was probably the best manager you probably had. Yeah. Because even when you left, it was because we had orders. I'm pretty sure they told you, come back whenever you want.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And if we end up going back to the area, I'm sure you'll have a job.
1: Yeah, she was great. I would work them. for I her. I picked
0: that area again because there's nothing else right now looking at orders.
1: Yeah. We'll
0: see. And the reason you did float was... I th- It's the only one that worked for my schedule, right? What do you mean? Why words? Well, oh, no, no, that's not true because we didn't have kids at first.
1: No. Um, When I interviewed for that job, I interviewed with a panel of managers from different units. And she was the one that called me back first, I guess, and offered me to work for the float team.
0: Okay, then let's fast forward... You did that, it's pretty much the same, you pretty much did the same job the whole time. I, th- I think it was like two, three years, because I got extended a year at that command.
1: Yeah, I think I worked at that hospital for about three years.
0: Yeah, because I got injured, so we had to stay an extra year. Yeah. Almost went limb-do, but didn't, but whatever. I think halfway through our time there, we ended up having our first kid, and I, I, you did go on like a maternity leave, paid leave, and you, you're actually able to save up enough paid leave where there wasn't much time where we, you weren't getting a paycheck, right?
1: Um, we like to vacation a lot, so I don't think I actually had that much PTO saved up. I think I maybe had like three to four weeks of PTO saved.
0: That's pretty good though.
1: And I think I took off nine weeks total before I went back.
0: Okay, then I'm, I just, I'm not remembering very yeah. well then. Yeah. But you um, were able, you, the first, our first kid you worked pretty much up till?
1: I did. I worked full time on the floor. A couple of
0: weeks, a month I think before we had our first kid.
1: I worked up until I think the week before my due date. And I went to my manager and said, hey, uh, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to start yeah. my maternity leave now. Because I just physically couldn't do the 12-hour shifts anymore. It was killing me. And I felt so guilty because I was precepting someone at the time. And she had all her shifts scheduled to follow my shifts. And I was supposed to follow through with her until she was done with orientation. I felt so guilty. I I told her they were going to have to find someone else for her to follow. But yeah, I worked full-time up until basically I had our first kid.
0: Yeah, so up until that point, you basically could take. I remember you would take any. As long as you you did, you're full time. You did your three, three days a week, right? Mm-hmm. But after the after we had a kid, that, yeah, that, that that there was a dynamic change because then you. We don't we we made a choice not to ever have our kids in daycare. It's our personal choice. We just think that's best for our kids. So, the, but that makes a. You have to sacrifice somewhere. You either put your kids in daycare and you continue your career, or you try to do this the way we're doing it, where you're juggling a military career on top of kids, and you're still trying to have your own career.
1: Right. Which so makes it an... very
0: difficult to find a job that's going to be that flexible. Luckily enough, you, your job was like, okay, you just, we'll put you as part-time.
1: They actually clubs. gave me a per diem position.
0: Which is i so you can call it I mean, layman turns is Okay, we'll call it per diem. It is per diem. But it's a no little different than pick a part time.
1: What days I wanted to work when I became per diem. Yeah. I had to work a minimum of four shifts a month. Which is nothing. So like one day a week. And so
0: you're not you're technically not full time at there the kid.
1: Right. So what we ended up doing was I would work weekends when you were off. Yep. And I always worked Saturdays. And a lot of the times I would work Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Sometimes I didn't work Sunday. Because
0: you, you could work more than four, but you just had to do at least four a yeah, month.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I got a really cool thing going on with one of the managers there where he would let me know about shifts that no one wanted to work on the weekends, where they were super short-staffed, and he would offer me time and a half to come in on those weekends. Yeah, so,
0: we were very grateful for that. Because, I was
1: basically making, like, close to what I made working full-time just by working part-time on the weekends.
0: Yeah, so we didn't have to put our kid in daycare. I didn't have to have any weird childcare stuff with going to work and come home, and... You know, me and my daughter would go biking, hiking, whatever, on, on weekends the weekends that you would work. Yeah. And it was it was probably the most ideal way to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to do, like, no daycare. So we were very lucky. And then you're, I mean, you're bringing home $500 a shift. It was something like that. It, and that's, I mean, it's just higher cost of living area, so nurses there are getting paid... Forty plus I think an hour. Which is really good. Compared to East Coast, where we're back now.
1: The base pay was I think around thirty five an hour.
0: But the time and a half but and because I
1: worked weekends, the weekend I got paid more and because I got time and a half it was close to fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, which is And then you come over to the East Coast and like twenty seven an hour is pretty standard.
0: Yeah, so, you know, your first job was impacted by my career. Mm-hmm. Your second and third job weren't really impacted, but it was. It, you wouldn't have had to...
1: It's all a trickle effect. It's a
0: trickle effect because you had to go to that nursing home because you couldn't get a rent because you didn't have enough experience.
1: The fact of the matter is, if I didn't marry someone in the military, I would have got my first job in my hometown at that hospital... Done the residency program, continued on with that, and built my way up.
0: Because your aspirations there. were probably travel nursing or nurse practitioner at some point.
1: I never wanted to do travel nursing.
0: I thought that was something... Well, your fr- I, Okay, so your friend was doing it, so we, we just I guess we just talked about it a lot.
1: No, I never wanted to do travel nursing, but I did think that I would pursue a higher education.
0: Yeah, and that's something we're trying to figure out now, but... Before we go to that, yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is that everything has been affected by your career, by my career, yeah, and it's not, I'd much rather you be the, I'd much rather follow you around, because your career is more, I think it's more important to my family or our family than my career is.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, because I mean, if you were you're a nurse now, but if you became a nurse practitioner, I mean, you're going to double my salary. So why wouldn't we just follow whatever you wanted to do? I can go find a job where I I can do whatever, do whatever would work.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at now.
0: And if I could get out now and you be a nurse practitioner, that's what I would do. But logistically, that's just almost impossible right now.
1: Yeah, we have two kids now, so trying to figure out me going back to school, not being able to work while I'm in school, most likely, you having to provide, and getting out of the military, like, you'd have to find another job, and...
0: And something that pays more than what I make, because you have to then pay for healthcare and all this stuff. I think when I did the compensation calculator, so I'm E6 at nine years, I'm, you know, I'm not getting BAH because I live on base housing, but I'm still paid, it just comes out. Either way, with BAH as an E6 and nine years, you're getting paid, I mean somewhere in the 50 to 60. hmm And the compensation tells me I need a job that pays 75.
1: Because of your benefits.
0: Because of benefits, but that doesn't account for medical care. Right. So then you, you and you got you got. I mean, is that calculator the most accurate thing in the world? Probably not, but it's it's something that we use as career counselors to educate people, hey, if you're gonna get out, what do you make now? This is what you need to make if you get out so I have I have all that knowledge and I I know that I can't get out right now. It just wouldn't work for our family to, to maintain the same quality of life but I would I would get out in a heartbeat if I could yeah and just follow you around in your career definitely since you've been. Doing that for me. And I, I mean. I don't feel like my job is more important than yours.
1: You had your career. If that's what you want to call it. Before I had my career. You know. I met you. And you were already in the military.
0: Uh, yeah. A very very small fraction of what I've done already. Yeah.
1: And then. I started mine after that.
0: Yeah. But I mean like, you're higher educated. You're. You have a higher skill set. You have a license. I mean, it's just silly that a nurse has to go fall around a corpsman. Because if you're in the military, I would, my orders would be dictated by your orders, because you're an officer. I'm enlisted. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the logical way to go about it.
1: Well, so,
0: but the but your t- your second and third job, the nursing home, and then the hospital that you worked for three years, and actually got you know you're a vested member at that place, that didn't really get that impacted by my career but then we moved again
1: well you were on shore
0: duty and shore duty is very flexible yeah and i'm i'm ready to go back to shore at this point so we moved again we went back to the east coast where we're at now
1: i took a job
0: you took a job at a hospital similar to what you were doing on the west coast but your pay got cut significantly
1: it was actually a harder job it was a step down from the icu
0: and less help
1: we took more patients there was no help i worked nights so again i was back to. that's where i got the nights from yeah i was back to working weekends again when you were off but i had to work friday night saturday night so i would go to work friday night And at this point, you know, we had a kid, so I would be home all day taking care of our kid, and then you would come home, and then I would go to work and work 12 hours without having any sleep, and having taken care of a kid all day. And then I would sleep Saturday during the day as much as I could, but again, I don't sleep well during the daytime. And then I would go back to work Saturday night and work 12 hours, and then I would sleep basically all day Sunday. So we didn't really have weekends together.
0: It was pretty miserable because I'm working all day during the week, which my first year, so I was gone a lot. But when I wasn't gone, I, I had pretty easy hours. So I mean, we we got family time during the week, but come Friday, you are the 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 horrible thing about nights is that if you're working nights, that person is not is not there for. 24 hours yeah because you you're, they're working while you're sleeping so when you get up they're, they're going to bed so you're not seeing that person for double of what their shift is yeah because I remember you would wake up come down here and eat like lunch or whatever for a couple hours not even not even you'd and sometimes I, just come down eat and go and right go back, back to, back to, bed.
1: to sleep yeah.
0: and I have a kid well I mean with one kid it was easy Two kids now, I I can't do that. They're too crazy. <laughs> but you worked there and to yeah. put on top of that, we moved here during COVID. Moved here in November or October of twenty twenty. Yeah. And what what was it? March twenty twenty is when it started. But you know it's like three years ago now. Yeah, three years ago.
1: Well, technically, it was called COVID nineteen, so it started towards the end of twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, in
0: other countries, but we didn't really get the full brunt of it till. Yeah, February it didn't really March.
1: affect us until early twenty twenty, I think.
0: Yeah, early twenty twenty. So we moved during COVID, and you were working in a hospital, stepped down from ICU, so you're dealing with a lot of COVID patients.
1: So when I started there, we weren't having a big wave of COVID. I think it was like January twenty twenty was when I started. Yeah. COVID was not that bad at that time and we were just taking care of basically normal patients and then i found out i was pregnant with our second child i want to say around march
0: of 21
1: 2020 so a few months after starting to work there i found out i was pregnant with our second
0: you started january 2021
1: So, oh, am I wrong?
0: And then when I was gone, I think you told me you were pregnant.
1: Yeah. So anyways, not too long after I started working there, basically COVID started getting really bad again. Yeah. And during the time I was working there, I was pregnant and the whole floor had been taken over by COVID patients. Basically everyone on the floor had COVID. Yeah. And all the staff kept getting really sick. Like, basically everyone was getting it. And you were gone. You were on a, what do you call it, a TAD? Yeah. And I just remember reading these stories in the news about how dangerous COVID was for pregnant women. That there were all these pregnant women on ventilators. Yeah. It was just really bad, scary, a lot of unknown stuff. I ended up quitting that job. Because, one, you were gone and I was relying on someone else to take care of my kid for 12 hours at a time while I was at work. And, two, I was terrified to be pregnant taking care of COVID patients.
0: Yeah, so you, you inevitably ended up quitting earlier than you thought you would because you were pregnant. Yeah, so there was I mean, that's obviously the right move to do.
1: For me, I felt like it was. There was a chunk of the pregnancy where I just wasn't working. I just decided to stay home and wait until after the baby was born
0: to go back to work. Yeah, and then I almost didn't get to be there for that because I went. I came back from TAD and went on another one.
1: You were gone for, what, five or six months of my pregnancy?
0: Something like that. And I was so frustrated
1: you came back t- just a couple weeks before the baby the was t-
0: born, and I only came back because so I went on TAD, and then I told them up front that you were pregnant. So whatever's happening, because the TAD I went on went on was in the country; it wasn't outside the country. You
1: were only like four hours away,
0: <laughs> and I was only a few hours away. But the way they treated it, they treated it like a full blown deployment, where you know we're sleeping in. I, I wanna say it was like I'm not gonna get into that. It
1: was it was a unique situation. It was a very were... unique
0: situation where they treated it like a deployment and you didn't have any way of you know, moving around, you didn't have cars or anything like that. And you relied on, you know, the military to bus you to the site that we were working at every day and I ended up moving out of the barracks that we were looking living in and I ended up moving in a hotel so you know I had more freedom and I was just thinking this is the dumbest thing in the world to be this close from my home my wife's about to be giving birth in a few weeks and the people I'm working with couldn't give me a straight answer on when I'm coming home
1: and then they kept pushing it back right? and they
0: kept saying oh it's gonna be we, you know it's gonna be in a couple weeks or whatever and I'm like I will literally leave I'll, I'll rent a car and drive down there. If you don't get me out of here. Because I'm not in another country. There's no war going on. It's nothing like that. This is literally up the road a couple of states or whatever.
1: The reality is that military wives give birth all the time without their spouses there. Yeah. But I had never done that. And I was terrified. I was home. I was like living in this state with my two-year-old daughter, and I had no family nearby. I had only a couple of friends to rely on if I needed something for an emergency, and you weren't here, and I was terrified that I was gonna end up giving birth, or that something terrible might go wrong, and I would have no one here with me. And then what am I gonna do with my other kid?
0: Yeah, you're worried that you're gonna to have to figure it out without me being here.
1: And my family lived like eight hours away, and yours lived similar, Ten. so no yeah. one could get here cl- like fast enough if something were to happen.
0: And I have a hard time sitting here and say, and complaining about that because so many people have have had to do that, right? But the specific instance or situation I was in, it was just so far-fetched to f- to think that they would not be able to oblige. And they ended up doing it, but it was almost like a drug deal. Like, the only reason I got to come home was because another Marine was coming up to the site and going back home the next day. Like, they were doing an inspection. And they're like, you're going to bum a ride on this person. And then a whole other swath of issues came with DTS and money and... That whole trip was just a lot of negatives,
1: yeah, it wasn't a priority delay and you come then home.
0: the funniest thing happened was the people that I went there with came back before you gave birth, hmm. so they 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 sent me home early, two weeks earlier than the whole crew coming back, so then I see my friends and they're like, "Oh, so you're special, you get to come home early, but your your wife hadn't even given birth yet. And this is all joking. We're all poking fun at each other. They're not. Yeah. They're not saying that in with any malicious intent. But it's just funny. Like all, you know, we had this high stress, and it, and it, if I would have never done anything, I would have been home anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, you never know how things will play out with the military.
0: Yeah. It's unknown. Lots of unknown, and right now we're, you know waiting on orders. Um, I had my second look. I picked what's good for my career, even though it may not be the best location. Okay, so you quit that job, and then...
1: And then they told me, after the baby's born, just come back if you want. Like Just tell us when you want to come back. You're more than welcome. So in the back of my head, I planned on going back there, because we live in a somewhat... Would you call it? Rural? Where we're I located? mean,
0: we're very isolated from any big city.
1: We're not living in a big city. There's one hospital in this town other than the base hospital. There's clinic. There are nursing jobs, but there's not tons of opportunities here, I would say, compared to where we've lived before or where I come from. So in the back of my head, I thought I'll probably go back to that job, even though I didn't really want to because I didn't like the place that I was working. And then while I was, I guess you could call it on maternity leave, I came across this really random job opportunity for someone actually living right in the community that we live in. They needed a home health nurse for their family member. And I ended up talking to her about it and agreeing to try it out. And the hours worked perfectly, he would come home from work, and then I would leave to go to work, and I would come home.
0: Yeah, because I I, I finished like two years of the dirty work of our, you know, doing TADS filled and all that stuff. Like I did the I did the thing for our command, where I did what you're supposed to be doing there, and then the big my biggest motivation to get out of, you know that type of environment and up into the battalion where I'm, what I'm doing now which is an office job and it was mainly to solidify a schedule every week so that you can get a job yeah so like it yeah it works for me with my career progression cuz the job I took on is going to do nothing but help me but it also helps my family life because you were able to get this home health nurse where now you don't work weekends, which is great. We have... I
1: don't work holidays. I don't, don't work, work. Yes. weekends.
0: You basically kind of pick the days that you work every week. And if you can't work, you just say you can't work. And if they don't need you, you don't, you don't go. Yeah. So I basically come home, slap fly with you, and then you go to work. I don't like it anymore. I'd I, I would rather you work every other weekend like we used to do with, with our first kid. Because I can occupy the kids for two days... And we can go do something. And then the rest of the week, you know, we'd have family time.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I think the point is, like, nursing has really worked out as a job for me as a military spouse because of the flexibility. Wherever we've gone and whatever we do, I've always been able to get a job. Maybe it's not the ideal job. Maybe I didn't really want to work in a nursing home for a while, because I felt like that was beneath me or something. Maybe home health seems kind of weird and not what I saw myself doing. But our priority, like we mentioned, is not putting our kids in daycare. Which is kind of strange. Most people do put their kids in daycare. People, yeah, probably think, people probably think I'm crazy because I have a nursing license. But I choose not to work full time because I don't want my young kids being in daycare. So we kind of work my job and my schedules around that as our priority. I don't make as much money right now because I work part-time. But I've
0: promoted a few times so it kind of filled the gap a little bit.
1: Right. But nursing has been really good for our family because I am able to still keep my profession and provide income and not compromise like the values we have for our family.
0: Yeah. And and if your family life is not going well, your career is not going to go well, ultimately. Luckily, you've been very lenient with following me, I guess. Because if you were more independent or felt like you needed to prove that your career is worthy you know, this could have been much different.
1: I've never felt that. I think...
0: Some people, I mean, some people, some spouses are going to want to be like, hey, my life's important too, though.
1: I think the choices that I've made regarding my career are less about you being in the military and more about us having kids. Because if we didn't have kids right now, I could go get a job at another hospital. Like, there's good hospitals within an hour from here. I could have a great full-time job, and you being in the military wouldn't really affect that. You know, I could still be doing what I want to do fully. I think it's more about us having kids and making sacrifices. The kids have made it more...
0: the, The navigation of our schedules and stuff is harder with kids than it is harder with military.
1: But I would say if you weren't in the military... Definitely we could be living near family that would help take care of our kids and I could still work full-time without having to have them raised by strangers, if that's how you want to put it. So yeah, the military aspect definitely affects my career as well in that way. I, I could work full-time if we lived in Florida and not feel like my kids are being raised by a daycare or strangers.
0: I'd be interested to see if I get these orders to, you know, close to that area. Yeah. To see how that dynamic works out, well, either because way. your family's getting older. My family's it's almost to retirement age. So, like, even though we, even though you're closer, family doesn't mean they're actually able to help as much as you need them.
1: True. True.
0: So now we're, I get. I think that I think we have covered your your whole nursing career. Mm -hmm. And I think we painted a good picture of, you know, how that's, you know, my life has impacted yours and, but how you've ultimately been able to maintain your career and how kids have played an impact on it as well.
1: Yeah. I'm very grateful for my career. I know a lot of military spouses, especially ones that get married young, don't have a career.
0: I think it's important though because most families are going to start having kids and that's where the military really impacts you because when the service member is gone and you have kids that's the the worst situation you can be in. If the service member is there and you just have to work around weird work hours that's pretty doable pretty much across the board. Yeah and I think we've been lucky so far
1: I feel fortunate that I do have my career to help us be more comfortable as well because pretty much everyone we know, like that we're friends with their spouses don't have a real career for themselves but, yeah. you know, like a degree in anything so I feel like they're struggling more living off one income and.
0: so now we're like moving that. on to what do we do now? I'm at nine years. I'm about to have to re lists. I'm going to try to transfer my GI Bill over to you so you can use that for...
1: Graduate school.
0: Nurse practitioner is what we're looking at right now. We don't know if that's what we're going to do, but now we're going through the struggle of how how do you go to nurse nurse practitioner school while I'm moving every three years? And an online hybrid nurse practitioner school is... Mm-hmm. Three to four years? Can't be if you done do three. it
1: full time, I think I could do it in like two and a half. But yeah, that but would require me not to work, most likely. Not to
0: work, and then also...
1: Then I'd have to also somehow find a way to pay someone to take care of our kids because I would have long clinical hours. It's basically like working but not getting paid for it. So I wouldn't be able yeah, to be with our kids as much. It's
0: harder because you don't know what you're doing yet.
1: Yeah, so we'd have a lot less money because I wouldn't really be working, and then we'd also having to pay someone to help us with our kids.
0: Yeah, so right now that's what we're looking at. We're trying to navigate the logistics of you going to school, and luckily I'm going shore duty, so that's going to be at least three years of s- structured schedule. And I hope that we can find something to work out, because now would be perfect timing. But we also have you know eleven you know, 11, 12 years left, or 10, 11 years left, until I get out, and you could probably find another time frame to do it.
1: How does that look like to be a nurse practitioner also that's married to someone in the military that moves every few years?
0: I think it's no different than a nurse, really.
1: It depends on what your role is as a nurse practitioner, because if
0: you're trying to build a rapport with a specific doctor and they're like, they want you to stay long-term and be vested, yeah, then that's a whole they whole may not. Another... Yeah, I think it's going to be t- difficult, definitely in the medical field, because there's so many weird bureaucratic rules and networking. and.
1: I think at the end of the day, we don't really know what we want to do. I think we would love for you to just get out of the military and for me to... Go to school and become a nurse practitioner. Yeah, it
0: sounds real nice until you try to do it. Yeah. Because logistically, it's almost impossible. Okay, uh, I want to thank your time. I think it's a very, uh, very enjoyable conversation. It went better than I thought it would.
1: Really? What you is thought, that, what you is thought, that thought, supposed to mean? You
0: thought 30 minutes would be hard, and we're at an hour and a half.
1: Did you ever watch The Princess Diaries?
0: I don't watch weird stuff like that.
1: Well, she basically had this best friend named Lily, and she had her own talk show. It, like, aired on cable TV or something. And she got really depressed because she found out she only had, like, eight followers that watch her show or something like that. Yeah. So, I'm just kind of, like, curious right now if anyone... (laughs) We'll listen to
0: this. There's probably a whopping like two Two people
1: people that listen to the whole thing.
0: Maybe in a few years we'll have 20 people.
1: Could be like really famous on YouTube someday.
0: Okay, I'm going to end it now. Uh, I think (laughs) I want to thank you for your time. Um, I guess we'll just, we're going to go lay down in bed now. Peace. Peace. Okay, that wraps up this episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you gain some type of insight on that specific perspective. If you want to join me on an episode and have a conversation with me, please look in the description. There's an email. You can email me, and we can figure that out. If you just want to ask me some questions, email me. I'm eager to answer questions and talk to people. As always, please join me on the next one.